Hi, everyone. Welcome to Oscar Poker. This is Sasha Stone from AwardsDaily.com. This is Jeffrey Wells, HollywoodElsewhere.com in Wilson, Connecticut. All right. So the uh, just from a very um, kind of dumb person's perspective, which I always feel most comfortable with, um, why is it that I don't seem to understand fully that in terms of the uh, the Best Picture nominees, which all, all the Best Picture, all the Oscar stuff is going to be uh, not, um, announced on Tuesday morning. Why is it that I still don't understand whether there's going to be 10 or 9 or 8? Is it still based upon the enthusiasm levels? Uh, you know, it never seems to be the no. 10. Why is it? I, I still don't get that. It's changed. It used to be, well, if you guys want the brief history, I'll give it to you. For... Uh, when the Oscars first started, they they had an expanded number of Best Picture nominees. They had some years they had ten, some years they had twelve, and then Wait, when was went, it twelve? I don't remember that. Yeah, one of those years back in the '30s, it was a bunch of them. They just picked however many movies they wanted, oh, the and then um, and then they settled on straight ten for a little while. And then by 19, I think it was 1943, Casablanca was the last year they had ten. And then the next year, with Going My Way, they switched it down to five, which, in my opinion, these are the glory days of the Oscars, when they had five Best and Picture nominees. Yeah, that's, that's, that is good. It's, it, it, it all started to go downhill when they expanded the ballot. <laughs> I'm serious, it did, because it coincided with both the Obama presidency and woke You hear that, shit. folks? It all started to go downhill one year after Joe Biden was born in 1943, right? No, it was started. <laughs> no, it was... The glory days were 1943 to 2008. Oh, yeah. And it's starting to go down after that. Yes, I agree with that. 2009 is when, when they expanded it and Catherine Bigelow won. That's when things started to shit the bed for the Oscars. Right. I'm sorry to say, but it is. They, with the best of intentions, they were trying to do the best. They were they the, Ironically, and I'm going to write a piece about this, but mm. the reason they did it, was because of the outcry of the Dark Knight the not Dark getting nominated. So Christopher Nolan. Well. Mm -hmm. So I would love it if this story went. The year of Oppenheimer, the Academy realized Hollywood was in dire straits and that it was time to change it back down to five and bring the Oscars back to their glory days and start to build up the product again from where it was. But of course, and the I virtue signalers are going to say, we don't want that because that means certain films exactly. that we like are not going to be included in the best picture. And that's bad for us in terms of representation, DEI, and One, so on. Correct. And so from 2009 to 2010, they had an even 10 nominees. Mm -hmm. After that, the members, the old time members started to complain. They said, I don't want to pick this many. I only like five movies. So the Academy said, OK, you can pick five or you can pick however many you want. And we'll just count. Mm -hmm. on this random between a number of five and ten well during that period they always picked either nine or eight best picture nominees they never it never deviated from that mm -hmm. so then because of people like me and other people that advocated for them to just either go to an even 10 or go back to five because mm -hmm. the random number thing wasn't working all they were doing was picking more of the same kind of movies that they liked so in last year, 2022, was the first year that they picked an even 10. And then the, this is the second year that they have an even 10. So it's not a random number. So we're um, definitely going to hear 10 Tuesday morning. Yes, oh, oh, no, always. No okay. And I hope that they go back to five personally, because I think this is a disaster for them. Just a disaster. Uh, I mean, I it's, would be it's delighted. Not, 
if they did five myself, it would be uh, it would mean that they're showing, um, you know, tough judgment. They're restricting themselves to films that are truly worthy of this honor. This used to be a real honor. And they're not just letting people in so they can feel good about themselves or because they, they, they have their DEI points. And it would be lovely if they did that. Well, um, and they, unfortunately, they want it to be expanded. They like it this way. Like, for instance, if they read the Best Picture nominees on Tuesday, we know Anatomy of a Fall is likely to be there and and maybe Zone of Interest. Those are two international features, foreign language films. And so people in film Twitter and stuff would say, well, it's great that those are in. That that means the Academy's expanding. Yes and no. Mm -hmm. It also means that what they've done is they've taken away the um, the excitement of the Oscars, right? With five, you have excitement because mm. you have you have best pictures decided by a majority vote. It's not decided by this odd rank choice ballot. It's just majority rules. So however many... You're so talking about how great it would be to be number just five alone, which would mean quality and nothing but quality, which is what all the, which, which, what it used to be, what it used to mean to a lot of people, and it no longer is that. But we are stuck with a system where it's ten, and at least we know we're going to get ten. So I don't think there's really yeah. a lot of likelihood as of on Tuesday morning for people to be surprised by an omission because they've all got the same. 10 listed, uh, which is, you know, poor things, zone of interest, probably American fiction, uh, the holdovers, anatomy of a fall, almost certainly, uh, past lives, naturally, all of us, well, I don't know about all of us strangers, maybe not, uh, <clears throat> Barbie, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and the, and the holdovers, I guess, so, no, I, I mentioned the holdovers, anyway, it's the same 10, it seems to be, there, I don't think it's, it's unfortunately, uh, sadly, from my perspective, I'm not going to be including Maestro, which is regrettable uh, because <clears throat> that just never caught on and or people were so against it. Uh, There's a lot of anti-Maestro sentiment, at least on social media, <coughs> which I assume was uh, you know, reflective of general conversations around town. Is there anything else that's conceivably not? Oh, Poly Color Purple is not going to be included correct on the um i don't know what's going to happen actually i have it predicted now as a 10 because of one reason which is um the uh the producers guild never goes 10 for 10 and the trick is figuring out um the trick is figuring out which movie is going to be in and which movie is going to be out. And so a lot of people are just predicting the producers guild 10. And, um, and I, I'm not, I'm predicting color purple at the last spot, even though I don't think it has much of a chance of getting in. I really don't. But the one thing that people are not paying attention to, that's important to note about the Academy. I was, I was writing this article, which I ended up deleting, but because it was just too personal, I was showing people my 23 and me DNA profile. And I was showing how I was 50% Ashkenazi Jew. And then the other side was like French, um, England, mostly from England and Ireland. And, you know, a lot of different mixing. That's what the Academy nominations are like. They're mixed DNA. So you have the industry voters, you have the producers and the directors and the technicians and the craftspeople. And then you have BAFTA voters, which are from England and have very specific taste and are non-woke. 
And then you have the actors, which is the biggest branch. And the actors mean a lot. Like the actors make it a mixed race <laughs> voting body because nobody can predict what the actors are going to do and what they like. And they have I the biggest. Think we can predict what the actors. Are well, going to put do. it this way: I wouldn't be surprised if the zone of interest was out because it's not exactly an actor's movie. And I wouldn't be surprised if a movie that was the act an actor's movie, like All of Us Strangers or The Color Purple or something like that, to get in. I just don't know which one it's going to be. You're completely uh, correct in saying that. The Zone of Interest is not an actor's movie. It is completely a director's movie. It's all about the strategy of Jonathan Glazer deciding not to show us anything, but to let us sense the horrors on the other side of the wall. And that's the whole idea of that film. And it doesn't go anywhere beyond that. Uh, but that's what it is. It's a, certainly a director's film. So if that's what the, the actors are looking at and they feel closer or less close to a film, that 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 operates according to that uh, that methodology. Uh, yes, they are going to forget about the Jonathan Glazer film, Zone of Interest. You're right. I don't know, and and a lot of people are like not sure what it's going to replace, and it could just be that, but it would be very unusual for the Producers Guild, the Directors Guild, and all the actors and everybody to line up with ten for ten movies. It just doesn't make sense to me. But at the same time. Um, I with the directors five, the DGA five is always one's always left off. And right. so predicting which one is going to be left off and which one is going to be put in is also difficult. So if you well, want to get a higher score, you produce you predict PGA ten and DGA five, and then you maybe you'll only miss one. Okay. Can you just for the sake of those who do not have the producers guild ten memorized, can you just go down that list? Do you have it in front of you? Yeah, I sure do. Um, let me just pull it up here on my chart. Build charts. That's all I do is build charts. Um, mm. See if I can find this. Okay. So you don't have it in front of you. <laughs> I do. I have it in front of me uh, now. Okay. Um, Producers Guild is... Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, The Holdovers, Poor Things, Maestro, American Fiction, Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, The Zone of Interest. The DGA, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, The Holdovers, Poor Things. BAFTA, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, The Holdovers, Poor Things, Anatomy of a Fall. SAG Ensemble, Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, American Fiction, The Color Purple. So the color purple gets in with Critics' Choice and with SAG Ensemble only. It misses out on Globes, which was really surprising. Mm -hmm. um, that's the one that it missed on, and that's the most surprising of all. Well, not to be too complex about this, but it sounds like color purple is not going to going to make it to the probably you know, not. You know, let's just say it. You know, but okay. Is there anything else that looks shaky to you? You're the more savvy assessor here. Is there anything else that looks shaky? Personally, my gut feeling tells me that past lives is vulnerable. Okay. I think it'll. I, I think it'll get in. It has enough support. But but if there is any any weak link, to me, it's that one. Okay. Um. Now remember, that's a film that one year ago to this very week became a huge thing in Sundance of 23, 12 months ago. And ever since, there's been a community 
uh, a, a cult, if you will, that are just loving this film. And they keep talking about how it is so delicate and yet so moving and so emotional. And I guess it's kind of the feminized critics and a lot of women who love it. And not to mention the <clears throat> large community that always loves anything made by a um, directed by a, a woman of some ethnicity other than white. So, um, but that's been a big thing for a year, um, and you're thinking yeah. maybe that won't that that all that sentiment of the last twelve months may not. Well, prevail, put it this possibly. way: everybody everybody thought that um, Inside Lewin Davis was a sure thing for the Oscars. Yeah. Um, and it didn't, it didn't get in and it was like, nobody was predicting that one to fall off and it did. And then nobody can tell, but that was during the weird phase of, but you know, between five and 10, it wasn't, uh, um, it wasn't well, the phase. Of- I, I can tell you why it fell off. I thought it was, I didn't find it surprising at all. I knew that people like me loved that film, but it's a downer. It's a downish film with desaturated color. The, the cat winds up walking off in the snow on the side of a highway <laughs> you know there's all these things that are not that uh you know <clears throat> don't make you feel that terrific i mean he he gets turned down everywhere he decides to give up his career he decides maybe he's going to go for the merchant marines but he hasn't got the money to pay for a new membership card it's just one thing after another mm. uh you know and then we hear dylan well, at the very end so it's not really a a spiritually rousing film and i, I wasn't surprised when it didn't become although right, I, but what I was, love that what was surprising well so you know there are some years where there are a lot of movies that hit all the early precursors and they don't get in like for instance mary poppins returns afi national board of review golden globes critics choice nothing and from the guilds they hated it um <laughs> i don't yeah it was terrible sometimes these movies just uh, and nightcrawler is another one that got really close didn't get in unbroken moonrise kingdom um let's see what else here uh i, I just remember unbroken, inside what, of the unbroken did not become a, a nominee correct no angelina jolie yeah okay That's it good. was rejected um it was re- yeah so i mean there were a lot of them that seem like strong contenders and then you get to the uh, to the guilds and they're not they're not in there um they're not liked like moonrise kingdom was one it was just too weird like there's a side there's a side of the yeah so inside lewin davis got afi nbr national board of review globes and critics choice same as that other one and then it and then it crapped the bed it didn't get sag ensemble it didn't get pga mm-hmm. um and then it you know and then it, it crapped out so is that what color purple is no because color purple only got critics choice and SAG Ensemble, but SAG Ensemble is a big one. That's a really powerful guild. It matters a lot what what gets nominated. It doesn't mean that everyone that gets in there, for instance, Babylon. Babylon got Critics' Choice, Globes, and SAG Ensemble and crapped mm-hmm. out. Babylon did. Again, it's a hateful um, film. It's a hateful film to sit through. It's awful. Yeah. I mean, so, don't shouldn't we be uh, assessing these things as human beings with souls and feelings in our chests and and thought and, and disturbing? So that's what matters the most because that's how most people vote on these things. It's how it makes them feel, how whether they <coughs> they are it feels that it's stirring something in them that they recognize about their own lives, <coughs> about life in general. You know, each and every one of the big films that is. Uh, 
going to be presumably nominated on Tuesday, they all say something that we understand as being truthful on some level. Uh, brilliant people um, who mean well and obviously are gifted will sometimes get shat upon and get pushed around and get excluded and been if they don't say the right things, if they aren't politically correct. That's what Oppenheimer is, right? Correct? Yeah. You're not saying anything. Yes. I, I, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm listening. I'm, 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 I'm listening to you. I'm trying to find a year when there was only Critics' Choice and SAG Ensemble of a movie and then it got in for Best Picture. And I'm not finding one. So if Color Purple did get in, it would be the only movie in recent history to do that. So that tells me that it's got a very, very low chance of... Which what okay. does? Color Purple. Color Purple, okay. But I thought we've already agreed that that's probably... No, I know, but I was checking yeah. it for the stats. I was looking to see if okay. there was another year where you just had Critics' Choice and SAG Ensemble and a movie got in. All right, so that one's not going to get in. That means I have to change my predictions today. So I have to figure out what movie. I don't want to go with Zone of Interest. Everybody's picking those same 10. I, I don't want to do what everybody else is doing. How so, many people out there do you feel who have seen American fiction? Now, that's another thing. How many people have actually seen it? Uh, how many people feel, as at least as I do, which is that absolute love affair for the first 45 to 50 minutes, but once he becomes a success, a success uh, Jeffrey Wright becomes an excess, a uh, as a kind of fraudulent put on author of a of a film of a book called F U C K. Um, then it starts to lose its tension, and it's good, in other words, for the first third or so. Uh, maybe if people feel that way, it's not going to become a big favorite on Tuesday. What do you feel about American fiction? No, American this? fiction is one of the strongest films in the lineup. It's not vulnerable at all. These okay. are the movies that are not vulnerable. Oppenheimer, Killers of the Flower Moon, Barbie, The Holdovers, Poor Things, Maestro, American Fiction. Then you get to Past Lives, Anatomy of a Fall, Zone of Interest. Those are teetering. Uh -huh. And then there's a chance that there's a surprise nominee that isn't in Producers Guild or anywhere else. Let me read you the movies that have come in in that regard. They were um, that didn't get. A AFI, National Board of Review, Golden Globes, Critics' Choice, SAG Ensemble, PGA, DGA, or BAFTA nomination and landed in Best Picture. So which are those? Drive My Car is one of them. Um, let's see what else here. I've got, uh, you know, because I'm looking on my chart to see what else got in with no other right. nominations prior. Uh, Drive My Car is, is one. Amore is another. Uh, those are two. They're both foreign language films. Mm. Um, and that's pretty much it. In the expanded ballad from 2009. Oh, no, The Blind Side. Well, the that blind was certainly side got a, in. a best, best picture candidate. Yeah, okay. The Blind Side got <laughs> in with no other nominations based on Sandra Bullock's performance and the fact right. that she was going to win an Oscar. So if you're going to pick a surprise winner, mm -hmm. uh, a surprise nominee, your, your best bet is either a foreign language movie like Drive My Car or Amore, um, mm -hmm. um, or one that is driven by a really strong performance of someone who's who's maybe going to win the Oscar. Okay. Well, I was trying to address something, uh, which is that I don't know of anybody, I've never known anyone who is more exacting, more knowledgeable, and more uh, uh, statistic-driven and focused 
than yourself. I don't know of anybody who's, I, you say that you're not uh, a great predictor, but you're, but you really know your stuff. I mean, you know, precedent, you know, history, you're always recalculating, you know, there's a reason why your, your scores are always very good. I always say though, however, that the reason that most people vote for this or that film or performance is because of fundamental deep in your gut emotional reasons. That's what matters to people. And uh, just is, you know, when I was like exuberant over uh, Lily Gladstone not getting in at BAFTA a few days ago, I was delighted with that because they agreed with me, apparently. And all that time you had been kind of saying, well, yes, but she's a very vital, very important presence in the best actress competition because obviously of the DEI thing and because there's a lot of people really want the historic moment. They want the rapture, if you you have called it. But there's a kind of a fundamental deep in the gut feeling that people have that she's not really playing a lead performance. It's just just the way it is. And uh, that's what I think happened uh, with BAFTA anyway. I know she's going to obviously be nominated on Tuesday, but I feel that there's a fundamental thing that people have about her performance not really being a lead. And that's going to be, I think, a very strong determinant. Well, I don't agree with you on this at all. I've never agreed about that lead supporting thing. I think it's it's something that diminishes. It's just not anything that I, because I've seen so many people that are supporting that get lead and win, like Marlon Brando and The Godfather, Nicole Kidman in The Hours. Like, it happens, uh, uh, you know. Wait a minute, and Marlon lead, Brando played the title character. It was all I know, about- but it's very short, small amount of screen time. I mean, well, so Lily Killers of the Flower Moon. Then you could say the same thing about her. She's not the title character, but she's the central character in no, that not. movie. No, she's not. I argue whole- that she is not a central character. She, she is, is a, the central she character. She is a peripheral character who has she's not. reactions that are very hard to define, divine or understand. She's basically a passive figure. Oh, I'm gets- so tired of this conversation. Oh, that's the truth. What am I, what are we going to so say? What we get it, Jeff. You, you, we get it. We've heard it. It's been done. It's a broken record by now. You're em- emotionally so invested. It's invalid because of my emotions? No, because the, how many you, people like to hear the same that? thing over and over and over and over and over again? But we get it. You don't want her to win. We back. get it. Wow, it's done. So what? Who cares? Third grade. We're not in the playground. We're All right. To- here's why you don't want her to get to win. You don't want her to win because you think that the win is purely on a woke contingent and not on her it's performance. You know? Yes, of course it is. Okay. And ever since Telluride, when you got screamed at on the sidewalk, your ego has been on the line. And so what you're doing is you're hoping for this outcome so that you can be vindicated in your feelings about it. I didn't care about being yelled at by by a certain journalist that that I had a dispute with. I I just quietly listened to him. And then I went back and said to him, you really think that's the case? It's a purely merit-based? And I know, went, but you've been, arguing, you've been arguing this since September, okay? This it's, it's has not, been it's your... Not a, it's your, not a big emotional not, you're thing. Like a, you're like a dog with a bone. And to Why me, not? it's just, it's never, as I've told you five million times, 
It's mm-hmm. just not that interesting of a topic to me. The only thing that's semi, because I'm not as invested. Everybody in, in the world was like, going, "Whoa, what happened to poor Lily when the Baptists are in it?" It's not interesting. It's just- every everybody in the world, like the, the tiny little group of people that that are on film that care about this stuff now, like that is not the entire world. That is such a small slice. Of, so these we're talking small. Like this is so minuscule to me in terms of what matters in the Oscar race. Okay. So yes, are we going to ask is Lily Gladstone? Okay. Let me just bottom line it for you. All right. You, what you don't understand is that the Oscar race is fluid. It's not static. So if something happens in the race to shift the, the sentiment of the hive mind, like, um, Andrea Riseborough knocking out two black actresses and making everybody upset, that can lead to a win for Michelle Yeoh. So we don't know what the final outcome of this story and this saga is going to be. We don't know if Lily Gladstone herself is going to get knocked out of the final nominations or if, you know, it's going to be five white actresses and everybody flips out. You know, we just don't know what the final story is because we don't know what the context of which the Oscars are going to be in as of, you know, if, we don't even know what people are going to start writing about, like the Justin Changs of the world. Like, we don't know what the essays are going to be. We don't know what the outcome is going to be. We don't know how this is going to go. I would have Why do you say that? You're, you're very knowledgeable about this. I was you, predicting. You're getting let angry me finish, at me? Please. I, let me finish. Okay. I was predicting Kate Blanchett until Andrea Riseborough, right? So that changed the race. So right now you could say, yes, I'm predicting Emma Stone. But let's just see how it goes. I'm waiting to see how people react to this situation. situation I'm waiting to see. For instance, here's an uh, here's an example of something that could happen. Mm-hmm. Um, Origin with Ava DuVernay could slide into Best Actress and Best Picture by some shock because all these people, Angelina Jolie, Francis Fisher, Andrea Riseborough, all these famous people got together to try to push this thing through. To absolve themselves of the sins of having knocked out two black women <laughs> last year. Okay. So we don't know where that's going to go. We don't know if that's going to drive a win toward her. Mm. Right? It could. Right? And knock out Lily. They would feel it's the Ted Cruz theory of pres- of democratic politics. He knows that nobody can replace Kamala Harris except Michelle Obama. So, like, if, you know, nobody can replace Lily Gladstone except ingenue ellis taylor right yeah mm-hmm. so because they won't feel guilty about that they'll feel good and Boy, you know, all- everything everything would be really astounding if suddenly michelle obama were to step in as the vice presidential nominee along with uh, joe biden that would be a wait we're gonna save we're gonna save politics to be behind the paywall fine <laughs> so that's our second half okay uh, right now, we're still on the Oscars. Um, All right. I don't want to have a dynamic, though, where I get yelled at because I feel a certain thing. I don't think that's a um, very comfortable way to have a discussion. Go ahead. I know, but the reason I yell is because you're not listening to me. You don't let me finish. You just keep going with your ideas and I you're not I stopping. try to advance at a very fundamental idea, which is that people vote for performances and films based on gut core emotional reactions to the performances of the films and you immediately go to your stats which you're brilliant at you know better than i'll ever know 
your knowledge is voluminous, but you immediately rejected that idea. So I tried to take it back. Because, because I didn't yeah. say this part, but okay. because Jeff Wells, at whatever age you are, your emotional response to something is going to be very different from a 25-year-old, 26-year-old, you know, woke Oscar voter. And you have exactly the same. They're emotional. Like, for instance, here's an example. I just watched all the shorts, the animated live action. I didn't watch the documentaries because I just couldn't bring myself to do it. But the, but both of the animated and the live action are very political very pointed, very specific, only to the ideology of the woke, of the left, of the mm -hmm. new left. Right. And for me and a couple other people, it was exhausting, you know, and pointless and, and dispiriting mm -hmm. for me. Like, they're usually really the bright spot, I think, of, the, of all the nominations. They're usually great because they usually tell stories. Well, not this year. Um, this year, it's, it's whoever was the people that chose these movies there had to have been better films that didn't get picked because they weren't central to the platform of the democratic party right but some people and i know somebody very well personally mm -hmm. thought these were the most emotionally moving things they'd ever seen they're incredible they're so moved by them people were all different you know and you the, the only way you can predict the oscars is isn't to say how people react emotionally because everybody has a different reaction based on who they are uh, you have to understand who the people, the voters are, what their emotional reaction is going to be. That's what the Oscars are about. It's not about Jeff Wells. It's not about so me. You're saying that I'm from Mars, or I parachuted down from Mars, and the people that are more likely to, you know, obviously they're in the industry. You're saying that there are 26 year olds who are major drivers of the of the Academy vote. I I'm saying that your specific demographic is your specific demographic. And you're in that group of people that are like, you know, your friend, um, that director, whatever his name is, um, Philip Noyce, mm -hmm. people like that. You know, you're 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 right in line with Warren Beatty. Like you're, you know, you're in this group of people, the sort of counterculture people from the left back in the day, mm -hmm. um, you know, who are now obliging, but you know, resistant to the changes in the new left. You know, you like what you like. You have your specific tastes, you know. I'm not resistant to changes in the... I didn't say DEI you were. ...DEI left. I'm appalled by the changes from the DEI left. I know. What and, I'm... And as you I'm, are. So you're you're describing me as some... What I'm saying is... ...who doesn't get it. No, I'm step. not. I'm saying that you're, you're of a different generation than the people who are driving the Oscars. Obviously. What do you think we've been talking about for the last few years? Right. If it didn't exist, why would we even be talking about it? Mm -hmm. We wouldn't be talking about the collapse of Hollywood if it wasn't happening, right? Right. So I'm just saying predicting the Oscars can't just be on that emotional thing. It, you can do it that way if you want. That's what everybody does, Sasha. Whether you want to hear it or you're going to yell at me again, that's what people do. They have a core emotional deep down reaction to this or that potential yeah and do you, okay let me ask did you think that those two critics we talked to on the streets of telluride did not yes. have a deep emotional reaction to lily gladstone no i think that they've been given their orders they know what they have to do they they have told themselves that it's a valid you know a, a judgment to say that she's great and she's wonderful in her performance i think that they've got themselves in a seriously a, a kind of 
you know, they, they've told themselves that this is all valid, but I think it's all mind control. I think it's fear. I think it's politics. They want to. It's like you know, ask somebody back in 1952. Are you? Do you want? Uh, do you want to discourage the influence of communism? Of course I do. You know, you look at it now. I mean, how much? How bad was it? In fact, uh, it's a whole different perspective when you look at it now. But I think it's all politics, and and fear drives a lot of this stuff. And it's always better to to vote with what the the mob wants or thinks at the time than it is to stand out on your own and say, well, this is what I individually think. So, yeah, I, I think that they're, I, I well, don't trust, I, trust them at all. I, I think. Okay. Uh, well, I, I think you're wrong. I okay. think a lot of people do feel deeply just like they did about that movie last year, you know, because as I've explained, they, it's wrapped up in their desire to make change. It's wrapped up in, we voted for Obama. He's the first black president and he changed our country and our utopia. So now we want those firsts. We want the first female to win. We want the first film directed by a black man to win. We want the first non-white actress to win. We want all of the, we want the first native American actress to win. We want all of these things because for them, it does make, give them a central sense of purpose. It does, they do feel it deeply and passionately because it is wrapped up in their religion, in their belief system, in their identity. Mm. It's rooted in who they are. And a lot of those people, unfortunately, were led into the academy <laughs> in the past few years yeah. because they wanted to diversify the membership. So they invited in thousands of these people, mm -hmm. right? Now, People on your comments board would say, these people, listen to her. She's such a racist. I don't mean it that yes. way. I don't mean these people. Yes, you do. You I mean just people mean, who aren't the same typical 62-year-old white guy who was the pr predominant right. type of voter. And they changed that. So that's not exactly. wrong to say these people. These people are a diverse bunch of people that mixed it up in a much fairer and more across-the-board way. I don't think there's anything wrong in saying that. It's true. That's right, exactly. And they, they specifically chose them not because of their... See, here's the thing. You know, I've been measuring the demographics in the academy since I've been doing this, right? Mm -hmm. And I've been looking at them, and when and I, I'm the one, Sasha Stone, blame me, because I created a lot of this by calling them out, calling them racist, showing the demographics, freaking out, writing about this for years. Deploring so, the 62-year-old white guy thing, right? Which is yeah. What, yeah, remember that. back? That started back uh, maybe 13 years ago. Or, or, I mean, 11 years ago, 2012, I think it was. Yeah. Uh, I, I remember and all I, that. And, and you were leading that charge. I remember that. Yeah. And after Green, after Trump won, that's when things started to change for me because I saw how we started to devour ourselves mm -hmm. in mass hysteria and it killed the Oscars. And, you know, La La Land was racist. Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri was racist. And then Green Book was the end of the world. After Green Book, remember, they were threatening to kick out older white Oscar members, no matter their career achievements. And by 2020, it was the Great Awakening. Everything changed, right? Look at what happened to the BAFTA. Look at what happened to the Golden Globes. Like, and they got the diversity mandate locked down in the Oscars, where they in 2024, that's what they have. They have destroyed their brand, and right. they have destroyed Hollywood. It's horrifying. It's a miracle if any good movies find their way out of this mess. Right. And a few of them have this year. But I was sorry to see with the shorts that the, the woke mind virus has infected mm. other countries and other filmmakers. And now it's it's out there. It's ruining right. everything. It's a, hey, I, it's a, go ahead. 
No, I was going to say you're that's a very uh, shrewd and sharp assessment of exactly what happened. But can I just just so I can do some research later, you're saying that in the wake of the Green Book triumph of early 19, you're saying that there is a movement by what journalists, people in the academy to get rid of older white members because they don't want to see a repeat of Green Book winning again. When did that mm-hmm. happen? Who reported about that? How can I f- look into that? Was that was there a, a board member or two who said that's let's look into this idea? Can you just give me an idea of how I can find uh, data about that? Because I don't remember. Yeah. That. Um, if you can't do it now, we can. You can just remember to send it to me. But I just don't remember that specifically. That that idea which is like we not only do we have to make things more diverse which we are doing but we have to get rid of the deadwood it's basically what they yes exactly exactly um Mm. i'll have to do a few searches for you to find it but i do remember it and there was a big there was a big controversy about it because the older members were mad they didn't want that to happen and then after that after their membership was threatened that's when things really started to change in the academy Mm -hmm. that's when they started to vote woke I think it might have been, yeah, it was after Green Book, because I remember when I came into the 2019, when I walked into the theater and everybody was in love with Parasite, I thought, this is it. This is the moment when they switch over, because they weren't going to pick the movies directed by white men. They had to pick Parasite. That's right. That's right. And it hasn't changed since then. It's been their new normal, and they've destroyed their brand. They just don't realize it yet. Mm. Nobody can stand Hollywood anymore. Um, You're right. Anyway, so... To that end, here's here's my honest thoughts about Lily Gladstone, right? Half of me, 50%, agrees with you and wants to see us turn the page, uh, pick the best actress. I personally don't think it's Emma Stone. I thought she was fine. She was good. Very good. Very good. Very good. Who, who's your Better personal than, pick then? I like uh, Carrie Mulligan. In, oh, I uh, think she's wonderful. I agree with you about Maestro. that. Maestro. I thought that was the best performance of the year, but it's, she's not going to win. She's not mm-hmm. get anywhere near winning. Mm-hmm. Um. But I think that the half of me is ha- would be happy about that to just it's not perfect, but let's get things back to where we're voting only on merit and not anymore on this. Let's mm-hmm. make history thing right. after last year's disaster. Mm-hmm. Um, and then half of me, the more human side doesn't like it and makes me feel bad, makes me feel bad for her. And, and I don't like this whole scene and it being all on her shoulders. And it, it makes me feel bad that she's kept to carry the load of all this mess. And I don't want to see her lose and the embarrassment and the humiliation of that. Um, I don't, you know, like that's, I'm torn between these two emotions personally. Think of this now. This is now January. It was eight full months ago when Killers of the Flower Moon opened in Cannes. And that opened the whole floodgates. I remember I was, the first thing I said in my first reaction to that film was, this is going to be an Oscar moment for Lily Gladstone, presuming in my ignorance that it would be a slam dunk for Best Supporting, which is what I naturally thought it would be. So she's had this, She's been like the, the no no the, the bell of the ball for for eight months now. I mean, all kinds of you know photo shoots, I all kinds it, of I covers, everything. She's had and that's why the boost to her career. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yes, you're right. That's the positive way of looking at it, and I think you're right about that. And if it was spun that way, then I would be happy for her if it did earn her that. 
You know, mm-hmm. I will not go down the road of supporting and lead. I, if you mention that to me one more time, I swear to God, you're I'm yell at me again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to talk about that anymore. It's dumb. It's over. It's stupid. She, they would never have put her in supporting if they had. They would have had a publicity nightmare on their hands. And it makes me want to pound my head against a brick wall that people talking about this subject don't realize that. They could never have put you're her in supporting. You're talking strictly about politics, though. Not about the Absolutely. actual Hello. Hello, what do you think we've just lived through? Do you think that they're going to go for a movie called Killers of the Flower Moon about this particular subject and go along with the her being put in supporting to support the white men? Are you insane? Not like, don't you see what that man. is? Uh, this is uh, insanity. This is insanity. And you're about to it hang is, up on It me. is. No, I'm not going to hang up on you, but I'm saying this is like arguing the law of gravity. All right. This is ridiculous. They were never going to put her in supporting because Cynthia Schwartz is not an idiot. She knows what would have happened in that case. It's bad enough that a white guy directed it. That's already causing tension. But if they did that to her, oh, my God. If if the movie had been what Eric Roth had written and they had followed the book, then I would say, yes, I agree with you. That is a supporting part. But they shifted it to being they tried to focus it on her and her family. And so she became and her the community, the, the community of the Osage in general. There was a there was a definite shift in that direction. Yes. Yes. So I would agree with you if we were talking about the screenplay that you just reported on on your site, which gives us a good chance to segue into this, mm-hmm. because I know the people that listen to this are not interested in listening to this particular subject anymore because we've talked it to death. But let's go on to the Eric Roth thing. So why don't you report on how you found all, out about all that? It appeared on Reddit. Uh, the This is his, Eric Roth's very first, apparently his very first stab at the screenplay based upon the David Grand novel. The David Grand novel wasn't even published until April of 2017. Eric Roth's script was dated um, January, no, February the 20th. So two months before he had finished it, so obviously he had been giving he had been given galleys quite a while before. Let's say sometime in the in the fall of uh, of twenty one, I guess. Uh, excuse me, of sixteen, I should say. I just had a brain fart. Uh, anyway, so that was a pretty amazing thing. And what he did was he put together a one hundred and fifty three fifty three page script, um, <clears throat> which is uh, if you assume or go with the idea of one page, one minute per page would have been a significantly shorter film if it had been shot at 153 minutes, as opposed mm. to the 202 minutes that Killers of the Flower Boon is now. <clears throat> and he, what he decided to do was go with the conventional uh, uh, pre-insanity, pre-DEI mindset approach, which is that we need a central hero, a guy who we can relate to, who seems fair-minded, who's trying to do at least the just thing, the right thing, who doesn't have any particular selfish agenda, but is basically a person of law and order and fairness. And, you know, and so they went with, uh, he went with uh, Tom White, the Texas Ranger, who was in fact the lead in the book uh, written by David Grant, the, the guy who you kind of feel the most identification with. And it's a very, very good screenplay. It really is engrossing. And I was saying to myself, God, this is such a shame. I mean, I, I I read it over a second time very, very late last night and very early this morning. I, I woke up very, very early. And I was just thinking, if Killers of the Flower Moon had been this script, 
it would have been a whole different thing. It really would have been nice. I mean, I was really quite taken with the uh, Tom White character, who's who's a very taciturn, a man of few words, uh, and he speaks in a kind of a country way, you know, but eloquently. And he's um, he is not easy for him to pursue uh, the leads and find out who did this all these horrible murders, 15 or how many there were, 20. It all boiled down to like three or four people. But it's a fascinating story, and it does really come together around page 90 or there about 90, 95, somewhere in there. And the last um, 50 pages, 55 pages, or roughly the last hour are really quite gripping. And there's never this deadhead sense that we're hanging out with this idiot, Ernest Burkhardt, who's a drag to be with. And yet um, he's he's in it, but in a very supporting, uh, okay, you know, we have to stand his, 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 his personality for a while, but he's not dominating this damn thing. And it's really quite mo much more of an ensemble piece. And I was, I, I don't know how to put it other than I was just blown away by how much better this script, this 153 page script is, reads, than Marty's film plays. No question about mm. it. Um, and they had that, and they were into it. And remember, uh, two years later, uh, when I talked to Leonardo DiCaprio at this party at um, at the uh, San Vicente bungalows, and he was very turned on by this, you know, Tom White version. And he was telling me, you know, this is, we're going to do this, and this is going to be, you know, creation of the FBI. And he was very, very, you know, he's totally into it. But obviously somebody... Or the, the the culture, I should say, got to him between 19 and 20, because sometime around 20 is when <clears throat> they had a reset. And Marty called up Eric Roth and said, um, <clears throat> listen, uh, Leo's had an idea, <clears throat> and I think that we, we need to re rethink this. And then they started working on the film that we, <clears throat> you know, we finally saw when it opened uh, last fall, or I saw in Cannes last May. So that's what happened. But what a what a great thing they had there for a while. And I think they somebody said that they overcorrected it. They just didn't want to make any mistakes. They knew that they would get slammed for making a white man movie. <clears throat> so they certainly knew that as of twenty twenty. <coughs> Excuse me. And that's what happened. Um, and it's quite quite good. And I, I'm I have not had that kind of reaction to a to a well-written screenplay in quite a while. Eric Roth has been doing this for many, many decades, and he certainly knows his craft. Uh, but it's a, it's an excellent piece of work, and I was very, very taken. Well, it's not surprising that it happened in 2020, because what else happened in 2020? Right. Great Awakening. Great Awakening. Right. That was when everything changed. Everything changed overnight because of the revolution in the streets. There was literally a color revolution on the streets of America, barely covered in the press. But it was a revolution, and it changed everything in American life. Uh, it's the revolution nobody's talking. nobody is talking about. I think I should write a book called The Revolution Nobody Talks About. But, you know, how how the summer of 2020 changed uh, the Oscars in Hollywood forever within the culture you and I live with, not not America, but it did change things in the urban. Oh no, culture. it changed it changed America too. It absolutely did. It it was a it was a slow moving disaster. None of us paid attention to it until it was too late. Mm -hmm. And here's where we can go behind the paywall. Okay. Um, for anybody who might be interested in this, because 